What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. I want to welcome you to this version of the Niche Finder podcast. Today, look, I got somebody calling in. I'm happy for him to be on, but I have a bit of a snarl on my face right now because he's calling in from South Beach, Miami, <laughs> Miami Beach. And so um, just out of jealousy, uh, just a little bit, uh, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit uh, <laughs> rubbed the wrong way. No, I'm yeah. just joking. But I'm um, happy to have, you know, Eric. Goris on again. He's calling in from um, South Beach, that's Miami, Florida, in the U.S. And um, you know, he is a business coach, uh, someone who formerly worked in the magazine industry, um, but now he's working as a business coach. He helps two types of of business groups. He helps those entrepreneurs, small businesses, who are stressing out and losing sleep because they're not making enough money. And the second group that he's working with are, are those. Small businesses that now has uh, has ex- they're experiencing a tremendous amount of growth or maybe quick growth, and they're they're losing sleep because they have too much growth coming to them, and they want to know how to get back to 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 center. And so I, I just in this short time that he and I have been speaking, I kind of feel like he's the type of person that you want to talk to if you want to get your entrepreneurial business back in equilibrium. So without further ado, we want to introduce Eric Goris to the program. Thank you for joining us. Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's so cool, and I'm so happy to be here. And I will say about South Beach, um, you know, it's it's not the middle of winter. Just let the record show that it is July 27th, and it is hot as can be down here. <laughs> so um, it's not like it's, you know, 10 degrees in the middle of, you know, February up there in the Poconos and, you know, beautiful down here. So, <laughs> but I appreciate that. Most people who I talk to, they can't stand, they can't stand heat. So yeah, um, yeah. I hear you completely. Yeah. So now, um, just getting right into, sure. I, I wanted to excavate the value that you have to offer because I think it's tremendous in, in looking at what you're doing with small businesses. Mm-hmm. But just to kind of start us out, why would the audience have a vested interest in your journey? Ugh, I mean, 
It, you know, that's a really uh, great question, and I know that you and I know you. It's a standard question for you, and I've gotten some really great answers from some of your previous guests. Um, but you know, I, I think we, you know, I think we all learn by example. I mean, um, you know, we it, it, there's just so much we can learn by people who have taken the journey before us. You know, so anytime we have the opportunity to um, sort of learn from the way someone else has walked walked a path or solved a problem um, or fought a fire, I think that that's a real gift and that's a real opportunity for us to, to learn something. Um, yeah. So, you know, my journey is unique to me, as is everyone's journey is unique to themselves. And um, and my experience with, with all these journeys is that they're, they're all kind of equally fascinating because we all go through such incredible highs and lows and the, you know, the problems we have to solve along the way. So, you know, yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about mine, but you know, I, I love everyone's journey equally. I think they're all super cool. (laughs) All right. Excellent. So tell me something, what do you consider to be your niche? I think you did a, you did a great job of sort of summing it up. I mean, um, I you know I spent a lot of my career in, in corporate. You had mentioned I was in the magazine in the publishing business, and for anyone who's curious about how that went, I'll just ask you: When's the last time you bought a magazine and took it home from the supermarket? So, a bit of an industry <laughs> in decline there. But um, but uh, I ba- I went back and forth between the magazine publishing industry and sort of running my own companies, um, sort of advertising agencies. Um, uh, entertainment, um, entertainment companies, and, and so on and so forth. And the last business that I just that I just ran, I, I was down here in Miami, and I was running a media network. Decided that that was something I wanted to get away from, so I, I bought an ice factory down here in Miami and ran this ice factory for two and a half years, and then and then sold it off, sold it off, right? But you know. I reminded myself again, owning this ice factory, just how incredibly stressful it is every other Thursday trying to make, you know, trying to, the stress of just meeting a payroll, just being, you know, the person who's in charge of wearing the stress on your back of keeping all that food on the plate for all the people who work for you, corralling the the customers and the accounts receivable. And, you know, just so much stress goes into running a business when things are good throw a pandemic on top of that and then it's like you know things get really stressful and as i was mentioning to you um the last time we talked when your business get oh this is about niche and i'll get back to that when business gets Mm -hmm. tough when business gets strange when business gets hard there's often no one to talk to right like if things are going wrong in your business if the money's getting tight if you can't fulfill orders, if things aren't going well, this is not the kind of stuff that typically a business owner will want to bring home to their wife or their husband or their, you know, or their plant managers or their investors, you know, because it, it, it freaks people out. So, you know, there's, there's that, there's identity issues. It's hard to open up about that stuff. So what happens is a lot of business owners hold that in, you know, and they hold that, that, that stress, um, and, you know, it leads to, at minimum, it leads to bad sleep. And at, you know, the most, I mean, it's it's not even, a you know, the cliche of the business owner with the heart attack and the ulcer. I mean, these are very real. These are real for a reason. So anyway, so my niche is finding is working with business owners who have gotten just a little bit overextended and are freaking out about it and just sort of pulling them back to, as you said, back to the center, back to equilibrium, back to a place where they can run their business from a from a 
from a, from a, it's a mindset, but it's also an operational place where the business is in stasis, is doing well without the stress. Geez, seems like a long answer, but. No, it's good. That's, that is good. You know, I, I, I think what you're really giving voice to, at least in my opinion, is um, what many people are silent about, mm-hmm. right? Like you see the, you see the, um, you may see the symptoms of it. So like you said, you know, someone having, you know, needing to get a, you know, a, you know, treatment for heart condition or they suffering from GI issues like, you know, ulcers and, and even maybe neurological things. They're probably having like a stroke or something over yeah. stuff like this because mm-hmm. they're just keeping in their ingesting, they're ingesting. And right. The network is so small. So even if they have an issue they may be in a network of individuals who they may be embarrassed or they or they may they they may not want to disclose to their counterpart that they're experiencing something like this like they want to show like yo yeah yeah we're good you know (laughs) we're we're, we're making progress we're we're, we're moving to the next mark but silently you're right like they are losing sleep over it so someone like you being able to kind of say hey look I'm I'm coming in non-judgmentally, and I'm gonna just come alongside you. We're gonna we're gonna get through this together. Yeah, uh, you you hit the nail right on the head. And non-judgmental is absolutely the hugest part of it. I mean, you know, we never get into a situation of, you know, hey, I'll tell you honestly. Lately, you know, with myself and my clients, I've, I'm getting everyone out of the habit of calling things good or bad. I mean, we're we're stepping back from language like that and just saying. You know, 12 is just 12. 12 is not good. 12 is not bad. We're shooting for 18. We're at 12. No judgment. What's it going to take to get us to 16 on the way to 18? Or, And those numbers are just examples. Mm. But whatever it is we're looking for here, let's not, you know, let's remove the baggage and just get practical. You know, it's A to B. It's not super bad A to super good B. It's just A to B, mm. right? So let's pull back. But, you know, yeah, you said it. And then there's also, you know, the leader's role. This is a, a uniquely... I don't think it's uniquely American, but it's uniquely entrepreneurial and capitalistic. But although you see it in sports, when you're the leader, when you're the captain, you're the chief, like sort of inspiration officer, right? Like part of your job is to be super rah, rah. Like we got this team. We are in it. Believe we are winners. We're going to crush the competition. You know, that's the part of the leader's role, right? But that's, but the rules of the world say that we we can't always be winning. We have to have down times and up times and good and bad, right? So, you said it when when you're forced to be on the outside, be ha- very happy and very um, open. Um, you know, you got to bury the, the downside, and that's that's where I come in, right? The work we do or I do with my clients, I mean, it's it's confidential, right? Like, you know, I tell my clients anything we talk about, no one knows what we talk about. In fact, no one even knows that we're working together. You know what I mean? You could tell mm-hmm. someone, but I'm not going to tell anyone because there needs to be a safe place where they can go and have these, these conversations, right? Conversations about, frankly, I'm scared. Conversations about, I don't know how to do this, right? That's one. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to secure financing. I don't know how to talk to the people at the bank, you know, you know, the mm. practical stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, you know, what, what's, I don't know how to run a marketing campaign. I don't know what's wrong with my marketing campaign. I don't know. I can't do sales. Like that's a big one. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a salesperson. Okay. Are you, are you a believer? Do you believe in your business? Mm. Are you comfortable talking about what you believe? There's ways to work through it. Um, 
But yeah, you know, this is, and it, it's funny because this is not the kind of stuff, like, where else do you take it? You can't take it to your wife, as we said. It's not appropriate for a therapist, right? Like, this isn't therapy stuff. You don't need to be on a couch. Mm-hmm. So it's someone like me, right? Um, and by the way, I mean, you know, different from a consultant, a consultant will come in and tell you, well, you know, this is wrong and that's wrong and fix this and fix that. Uh, that's not what I do either. You know, you've got to right on the head. I stand alongside my clients and we look at the problems together and, you know, they come up with the solutions, you know, mm. they grow, you know, I love it. Yeah. I love it. You know, towards, and I've, I probably, I don't recall in all the episodes if I've done this, but I think we should do a call to action right now. You need to, for those people who are just tuning in, you know, the kids may come in uh, like three minutes into where this, from this point and distract them from the rest of the, they may not hear the rest of the podcast. So I want you to just give them your contact right oh, now yeah. and we'll give it again at the end. So, so this give give them some contact information on yep, how they can sure. get in contact with you. Uh, gladly, and, and and this goes out to anyone. Um, you can find me right there on the on the little old internet, um, ericgoris.com, uh, E-R-I-C G-O-E-R-E-S dot com, and uh, and it's all there. You know, I, I explain my little philosophy about life and business and everything else, and um, you can check that out. And right there, there's a little button in the top right that says book a session or whatever. And, um, and you know, like I was telling Clifton before, I, I'll give an hour of my time to anybody who wants to talk to me about their business, you know, free of charge, free of BS. No, say, this is not a sales call. This is, you know, I, anyone who would like to talk about their business, that, that is there for them to take. And if they want to continue, then th- we can continue. Um, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right, so that, that was our little commercial break to throw the plug in there for, yeah. <laughs> for Eric. <laughs> for, yeah, Eric Gorsuch. It's all good, man. <laughs> that's it. So, uh, uh, but I think that's important, man. And so, yeah. but at the go, going back to the the actual uh, questions that I have for you. Sure. At the start of your journey, what internal struggles did you have? Imposter syndrome. I mean, that's a big one right there. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not worthy of the of where I am. I don't deserve to be where I am. Um, that's a that's a struggle. Uh, am I effective? This is one that I struggle with still to this day. You know, am I am I as good as I can be, or am I as effective um, as I can be? Um, and you know, I mean, am I? Am I okay with myself? You know, am I living up to my own personal standards? I mean, you know, uh, having a, you know, we all, we all live by our values or at least a lot of us try. And, um, and you know, there, that's often something that we do with clients is start with values, you know, identifying these values. What are your core five values and are you living in alignment with them? Because living out of alignment with them, that's another place of like, it's another source of confusion and angst. And, you know, if if you believe in one thing and you're acting another, well, that that's another fast path to an ulcer right there. Anyway. What type of external struggles did you have in your journey? external struggles or roadblocks yeah I, I, you know market conditions I mean it is interesting to 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 find yourself all of a sudden in an environment where the tables have turned 
on you in business. Um, and this has happened a couple of times in, in my career. You know, it happened on 9-11, you know, when I was running an advertising agency in New York and those planes hit the towers and all of a sudden all business shut down, including all ad agencies in New York. Um, and here I am again on the hook for, you know, payroll. And now, you know, all all the money has stopped coming in. Um, that's a, that was a situation where, you know, things changed very fast. It happened again in 2008 with the housing crisis, right? Um, all of a sudden, everything shifts. And how do we react to that? When I got into the magazine business, I mean, magazines were a, a powerhouse of, of profitability and influence and a very cool place to be. Um, I was actually, you know, just... For, the, for everyone's edification, I was I was at Men's Health magazine for a long, long time, and you know one oh. of the things that we believed there was, which was, I thought was very cool, was that yeah we're putting out a magazine, but the better we do at our job of making this magazine and making it interesting and getting it to people, you know that's that's going to bring down diabetes. That's going to bring that's going to make people healthier. That's going to change wow. the world in our own way, right? Just by us doing our job. Um, and, and, and that was really cool, right? But again, then internet, Facebook, marketing conditions, no one buys magazines, and, and that goes down the tubes, right? So, um, and it just happened again here with COVID. So it, it just goes to show, you know, um, God, there's just no end <laughs> to the, to the, mm. to the forces, the external forces that can come in and really change, change your game. But the resilience, the, the ability to, to flow through life, the ability to be adaptable on the fly. I mean, you know, the, these are strengths that if you have them, you know, you're thankful for them. And if you, you don't have them, they're worth developing, you know. Mm. You know, I, I think that, you know, in, in macroeconomics, um, when I was in um, business school, my professor, Professor Farouk Langdana, big up to the uh, Rutgers Executive MBA program. Yeah. He used to, he used to teach us a principle called uh, endogenous shock and, and exogenous shock. And mm-hmm. exogenous shock has to do with outside forces that impact businesses that they have no control over. Some of which you already mentioned, 9-11, the housing crisis of uh, 2008, the recession, um, and now and COVID, right? And so, it, it and but you, you, you kind of, you nailed it, right? Like for the businesses that come out of it, there is that, that one word that you said, there's there was this resiliency, um, or some would even say uh, maybe uh, agility of the business mm-hmm. to be able to say, okay, now I can't do what I used to do um, or I, I can't do it the same way. I'm going to have to do it a little bit differently um, or pro- probably, you know, change course and and do something that's similar, but something that's more relevant to the current climate that we find ourselves in. So I think I appreciate you giving voice to that. Yeah. Um, so so this section right here, I consider to be your journey. The very next one that I want to go into and transition into is your niche. And so the niche really has five different uh, components to it. The first one is passions. These are things that you have strong interest in. The next is uh, purposeful, you know, things that you do that feels meaningful you to you. Uh, the next one is pattern. These are, this is what you learn. This is what you do well um, naturally. And proficiencies, is, which is the fourth one, is what you've learned to do well over time. And the last one uh, is problem solving. What do people come to you solve in a unique way? So we go back up to the top. Passions. What do you do that when you do it, you feel like I was ignited by this? Well, I mean, I, I'll tell you when 
Speaking very specifically to the, the the phase of life I'm in right now, working with these clients on their businesses, you know, when when you start up a session, the beginning of an hour long session, and you can hear that tension or you can feel that emotion on the other end, or you can see it if we're doing a Zoom call, right? Um, and then you know, 50 minutes later, they're a different person. The there there's you know you can feel the release you can hear a return back to laughter or freedom or they can mm. breathe um that is a very nice <clears throat> confirmation of a, of a job well done and you know i am passionate about helping people this is what i've i've i this is where i've chosen to go you know it's it's funny as you mentioned it you know we your questions trigger a lot of great thought, great thinking, which I think is, is so cool. Um, just like the men's health sort of thing, the example I mentioned just a few minutes ago, if, if we did our jobs right at that magazine and people read the magazine and took it to heart, well, then a lot of people got healthier, right? And that has a big impact, goes out to families and you know loved ones and all that. It's sort of the same way with business, right? Because I mean, like, you know, we're a nation of small businesses, you know, I mean, it's it's small businesses almost from coast to coast. And then there's like Facebook, Apple and Netflix, right? And Google. But but otherwise, it's all small businesses, right? If, if we can keep them sort of healthy, happy and whole, then that keeps the food on the table, the kids in school, the neighborhood's good. Like, it, you know, it, it there's a big effect there. So my passion is helping out. But, you know, I also have a passion for, you know, systems, solutions, um, and, and 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 I think this is incredibly important. Enjoying life and enjoying life with peace of mind. Um, yeah. Hmm. You know, um, I, I think that is it is it is um, really good. I was just reading a book, uh, Atomic Habits, mm. and James mm-hmm. Clear was talking about um, he's and it kind of ties back to a point you were making a little bit earlier. His quote was, uh, "If you can't win by being better, you can win by being different." Right. It's kind of looking at how can I change my perspective about this situation that I find myself in. And I hear I hear it really shining through a lot of the help that you're giving your clients. But what do you do that feels purposeful? What do you do that when you do it, you feel like I was made for this moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, managing one's life. I mean, that's an interesting again. It's a, it's a great question. Um with purpose, I think, you know, yeah, living with purpose, you know, being intentional, um, being intentional about how you live life as opposed to um, sort of just being reactionary to all the forces. You know, it's, it's kind of like just what you said, you know, with the top with atomic habits, right, where it's like we do it different. Well, you don't do things differently accidentally. You do things differently by setting intentions, by looking at a situation mm. and saying, yeah. you know, we're, th- th- this is – you know, this is the way it's been done. This is a different way to do it. I'm going to embark on that path. So, yeah, you know, my purpose is my purpose in life, frankly, is 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 managing my own life, you know, and doing so with a sense of intention, intentionality and with a sense of, you know, personal agency. Um, but at the same time, communicating that or not communicating that, but setting up an environment where other people can also operate in that way. You know, because again, when you're when you're when your purpose is to, you know, take control, I guess, of your life or manage your life in a way that's consistent with, you know, what you feel and believe, well then if that's your purpose then then 
well, then now I've got to make a choice about what am I doing for a living, perhaps, right? Or where am I living? Or who am I giving my charitable donations to or whatever, right? Like now we can start making decisions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Love it. What do you do um, from a proficiency standpoint? What have you learned to do well over time? I think the key, I think the key word there is learn, right? Like, I mean, proficiency to me is the one that I find really interesting because it's you know you don't get proficient without either practice or 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 knowledge, right? Like, you don't become proficient by accident. So, um, for me. I had to learn to become proficient in uh, helping people or, or working for other people's best interests or working towards someone else's goal. I mean, it seems like, you know, it, it would be easy to help people. Like, you know, it's, hey, you know, I'll help people. You see a guy, you got a flat tire on a road, you pull over, you help, you know. Um, but when you're helping people f- figure out their own journey or find their own path, um, it's not in. You have to learn how to do that because you can't just go in there and, and have all the solutions because your, your solutions are not their solutions. They're not right for them. You know, there's there's all these ways that you can think you're helping someone, but really you're just sort of screwing them up a little bit more. So, mm. you know, there's a there's and this is something I learned very early on in my coaching where it's like, uh, guess what, dude, you're not coaching, you're lecturing. That's different, you know, or mm. guess what, dude, you're not coaching, you're telling them what to do or you're presupposing that your solutions are better than theirs or that, you know, Mm -hmm. you know better than them. You don't. They know better than you. They know their business way better than you do. So your job is to, you know, sort of help them. Like, it's kind of like this. Like, I, I never really try to look at their problems. I like to look at my clients' methods of solving their problems, right? It's like the client looks at the problem. Mm. I look at the client. So the client works on the problem. I work on the client working on the problem. And the client comes up with the solution, right? Um, and then they walk away feeling like a million bucks because they've just solved their own problem. They didn't have me telling them what's up. They figured out, they figured out their own way out of the, out of the, out of the trouble. Um, a, they feel good about it right now. B, they've learned a lesson that they could take with them for the rest of their career. And C, they go home feeling great, right? But that is something I had to learn. And that goes to the proficiency thing, right? Because it's not second nature to be so, I don't know. It's just a different way of looking at things. So, yeah. So I had to hmm. learn how to help people. You know, as you're talking, you kind of remind me of, and I just think that's it's such a, a, a brilliant way of putting into perspective like what you do, right? And yeah, I I, I got it. Like you're, you're you're not actually giving the solution. Um, you don't understand the problem. You and you realize that the the client is the one that understands the problem. But I almost get a sense that like you you remind me of like a machinist, right? Like someone who who would you know make the widget that that fix that keeps the factory going, right? So like they've not the yeah. or they make the component they make the component that powers the machine that makes the widget. That's probably a better way of saying it. Yeah. Right? And so you know like I, I just feel like you do that for entrepreneurs and their mission. Like, you know, they know what they want to get to, but it's like you're going into their tool pan and saying, oh, you know what? This wrench that you're using is whatever, not working properly. Let me give you another tool so you can go do your job and get it done. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. That's a great analogy. And a lot of times it's even like, you know, hey, you know, like 
Clifton, let me ask you, is that even the, is, is this even the right tool you should be using? And then you could say, right. You know what, man? Actually, I think there might be a better tool for this. Let me think about that, you know? And, and that's right. kind of how it goes. But, you know, it, it's just like all problems, right? Like the closer you are to the problem, the harder it is to, to really see what's going on and really find a solution. And, and, and oftentimes that's how people get stuck and feel that pressure, you know? So, you know, again, a lot of what we, you know, part of what we do is just unpack it, you know? That's what I was talking about. We don't even categorize things as good or bad anymore. You know what I mean? Like we're stepping back from all that, you know? We're either shipping a hundred units or we're not, you know? So mm. anyway, mm. I appreciate no, that I observation. It. I love it. Yes, sir. It's, it's all good. Abraham Maslow said, I, I used this, uh, at a, a previous episode, but I just, I think it's apropos for what we're talking about right now. Maslow said that if only, if the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to see every problem as a nail. It's right? a nail. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, uh, so I used, you're like the guy that's coming in and say, uh, oh, you know what? You may want to yeah. reconsider. Is that really a nail? <laughs> Is that a nail or is that a spring? Like, you know, let's talk about That's that. That's it. Yeah. But All right. So what patterns do you do? What do you do naturally well? Hmm. Well, experiment. I mean, you know, I'm a big believer in that, the sort of idea that, you know, um, experiment, right? I mean, there's two that I was sort of thinking about, experiment and waiting, you know, as two patterns that I see come up often um, for me, you know. The, the waiting side of it is sort of, you know, not jumping too fast, waiting for knowledge or clarity or clear indicators or market conditions to change or favorable uh, terms to emerge, right? Waiting and then being ready to, to not pounce, but, you know, pounce, take action, you know, on behalf of your business or whatever. Um, and I even have on my list, you know, sort of waiting, waiting for signs, you know, um, and, you know, signs from God, maybe signs from the, the universe, whatever, you know, but sort of waiting for those sort of magic moments where it's like, there it is. Now it's time to strike. So waiting is one of them. And then the other side of that, which almost seems like the flip of the coin there is, you know, experimentation, the idea that, you know, trying anything is better than trying nothing, you know, and um and we try, we experiment, and then we measure it, and then we adjust, and then we do it again. And that's uh, inevitably that's better than standing still in terror. You know, try anything, mm-hmm. see how it works, learn from it, adjust, and then do it again. You know, I mean that that mm-hmm. that's the pattern. You know, of patterns. Yeah, I love it. Um, it 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 just reminds me of uh, I forget what episode of uh, which episode in the series of Rocky but it's when he was talking to his son and his son was kind of like they had like this uh this relationship that seemed like he had gotten frayed and the son was kind of talking to Rocky outside of wherever establishment they were at and he was like you know that dad don't you see that you know you're like you're you're embarrassing yourself you're like you're embarrassing me and he says you know he goes down this whole monologue that's is brilliant but the point mm-hmm. that I want to just uh point out was he says look at times in life you know, you can't make excuses. He says, sometimes in life, you have to take your hits 
and keep moving forward. You take another hit and you keep moving forward. And I'm and it was just like riveting to say like, yeah, there are times where yeah, you probably gonna be bloodied a little bit. You gonna get beat up a little bit, but the end result is I need to keep moving forward because I got whether whatever whatever the motivation is, my family, the success that you know that this thing could emerge into or become. Um, but you just gotta take the hit and just keep moving forward. So yeah. I do appreciate you giving voice to that as well. Okay, well, a couple of things on that. First off, you know, I think you can always judge a situation by whatever movie references get pulled into it. And if we're going to use Rocky, well, then I'm totally good with that. That seems like a <laughs> really great place to be, um, which is great. So I appreciate that. And then, um, yeah, and then there's something to that too, right? Where it's like, you know, and as, you know, Rocky's taking those hits or these business people are taking their, these hits, you know, each one's an opportunity to, to, to learn. You know, I'm a big believer in the idea that there really is no such thing as, you know, failure is a, is a, is a, is a dirty word that we hang on to sort of shame ourselves or shame others. And I don't believe in it. Mm. I believe that when things go badly, we, we look at them and we learn from them, you know? Um, and in every case it, it's, these are valuable lessons. So I, I truly appreciate mm. you bringing that into the conversation. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so the last part of this portion of this, of the, uh, episode is um or in, in the niche section is problem solving what do people come to you to solve in a unique way change change i mean you know they they i mean that's it they people come to me when they need to change something or when something's uh, not broken broken again even that's sort of judgmental but when they want to change circumstances change anything change the way their processes are are change the profitability of their business, change the customers that they're working with, um, change. Um, mm. That's the that's the problem that we solve, and then you know, or that's the thing that we do. The problem that we solve is always up to you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, what is it that's holding you back? What is it that you don't like about yourself or your business? What is it that's not working for you? And then. Let's just, I mean, let's explore it. Let's unpack it a little bit and just, you know, get into it, you know. Um, and inevitably, you know, when you do, you know, it, you learn things. Uh, you learn things about yourself and, and the situations that you're in that once they're visible and clear to you, then the answers almost write themselves. The actions almost become sort of, you know, oh, well, now that I see it, of course, this is what I have to do to solve it. You know what I mean? So awareness is a huge th is a huge thing too, right? Um, and it's another great example of how you know I can't tell a business owner what to do because they're the one they're the only ones who can see it. They're the ones who live it day in day out, right? I can help them. I can help them do their job, but you know, it, it, again, it's it, it, it's arrogant and um, there's just no way I could see it as well as they could. You know, so. You know, I, I think it's I think it's so important too. And as you're sharing this, that just reminds me of the narrative that we often paint in, in our minds can impact whether or not we we are the ones to kind of shoot the, the signal flare up in the air to say, "Hey, I can use some assistance here," right? Because I think a lot of times we have strived. A lot of you know individuals or in the entrepreneurial arena, they've been successful or experienced some level of success, and they're like. They have a level that, you know, one would say that they're success, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing, right? In that particular arena. 
But so asking for help may not be the, the right perspective, right? It's kind of like putting it into like a marathon runner. A marathon runner, when they are running, they see somebody handing them a banana at mile 12 out of the 25 miles they're going to be running or 24 miles that they're running. Them handing a banana is not the marathon runner saying to himself, I need help, right? No, the question is, do I want to continue, right? And if I want to continue, I need to get this energy boost and I need to drink some, I need to hydrate. And it's going to come from not me. It's going to come from those people on the sideline yeah. who's going to be giving me things at strategic points. And I kind of feel like that's what uh, you're doing for your clients. Uh, dude, that's such a, that's such a great metaphor. I mean, absolutely. And I mean, what's the shame in taking the banana? No shame. Take right. the banana. You know what right. I mean? You're halfway through a marathon. <laughs> if you don't do it, you're not going to make it. And the whole point is to make it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if that's what you're saying, I'm the banana, I'm the energy boost, then yeah, I'll take that, you know? Because, it, because <laughs> well, because it, it fits the thing, right? Because it's still the runner who has to do the running, right? They're still the one yes. in the race. Yes. They're still going to be the ones who take the glory when they cross the finish line. It's them, you know? But you know, yes. I'm there to, but yeah, to hand the banana, to give the, you know, to hand the, the, you know, the electrolyte water, you know? So that's that, it. I love that's it. That's it, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, that's yours. Look, that, that's yours. You can, you can keep that one free of charge. <laughs> <laughs> no consulting. All fee. right. So, no consulting fee whatsoever. <laughs> so that's what I consider to be your niche. The very last portion of this last couple questions I have for you sure. are your secrets. Now, mm-hmm. this section is specifically about you talking mm-hmm. to me, but I don't want you to see me as being me. I want you to see me as being you, but just much younger, right? A younger oh. at the start of your journey, right? So you, you're going to be talking to your younger self, giving your younger self secrets to help accelerate your younger self from where you are at that moment in time to where you are today so what secret or what one secret would you share with your pre-niche self that will help them to accelerate for them from where they are at that moment in time to where you are today yeah i mean the love yourself I mean, that's that would be the very first thing I would I would say to my younger self is, yeah, lo- love yourself. Understand that, you know, you are unique and perfect um, just as you are and hold on to that. Right. I mean, and particularly when we talk about someone very young, it's funny. I always think about fourth or fifth grade, maybe younger, third or fourth grade being the the, the place where you go from being just sort of like a you know wide eyed child to someone where it's like stand up straight tuck in your shirt don't do this go to school Mm. be on time and that's sort of where sort of the system sort of gets in there and sort of ruins that little kid-like state of being you know and it just sort of gets worse through school and college and career and Mm. so so if i could you know go back to that little kid you know um i would say hang on to that you know and um hang on to that and and know that you are you are complete and special um the other one that I, I would say to that little little dude version of myself is is don't worry, you'll figure it mm-hmm. out. You know, um, mm. th- that's what life is, right? I mean, life is figuring stuff out in real time, kind of. Um, right. Not to not to oversimplify it, but um, but that's what I'd pass back to the little dude. You'll figure it out and love yourself. You know, because everything oh, everything <laughs> everything great in life starts with you know being comfortable with who you are, you know, and, and loving yourself. So that's why I say that. Yeah. You know what? Um, and, and I like, I like how you frame that, you know, it reminds me of a quote by Stephen Covey. He said, most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is important. 
And I think, you know, you kind of nailed it right there with that answer that you gave. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, how do you know, last couple questions I have for you, how do you know when it's time to change course versus staying focused on your goal? Oh, that is a, that is a fantastic question. Uh, because pivoting, changing course is so often um, something that should be considered right? Like there's a lot of time, like I, it's just what I was saying. It's, it's about being flexible and about being adaptable. And you know, life is nothing but curveballs. And, and so sometimes in this, sometimes we can get accidentally beholden to things like goals, right? Or, um, or, or endpoints, you know? And when we're beholden, see that the goals thing, I don't believe we should be beholden to the goals. I think the goals should be sort of beholden to us, right? And as the world changes, as circumstances change, we have to be able to, or we should be able to, or we should at least be able to consider that we can take a goal, a previous goal, and put it aside and rewrite that goal and go a different direction, you know? Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, the goals are there to serve us, not the other way around, you know? we So... Did, did that did that get the question? Did that answer that sufficiently? No, no. I feel like I'm yeah. No, there. it did. No, 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 no. I I, I think it's it, it's something that you think about when it comes down to. Um, I, I like how you framed that. How the goal the goal should be beholding to us, and 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 I agree. You know, it's something that I, I was even reading as you were saying that by uh, Cindy Howard. She says one half of knowing what you want is knowing what you must give up before you get it right so like there's this exchange that happens even when we're pursuing um whatever we're pursuing and 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 i agree like you have to be able to look at yeah you know i have this goal that i want to you know do x y and z in x amount of time and that's important because that kind of gives you like a focus and 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 helps to really you know give you what you need to just stay on target right because you have a destination but at the same time you're right at the same time you still need to have some level of agility to be able to yeah. adapt to your situations and you may have to say i have to modify that goal maybe i, yeah. I maybe i want to do it in pieces you know uh, yeah and you know i think the reason i paused there was because the first part of the question was i think how do you know how do you know when it's time to make a change and that is um that can get a little tricky because if you have been so focused on a specific endpoint it can feel like you know, you can you can almost get to a point where you're judging yourself for changing it or changing that endpoint. But you know, if if you're going through life and there's something that's not right, um, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, about you know, you can take steps to change that. You know, you can. I mean, this is a funny one. You know, it's like, how's your sleep? You know, if you're sleeping really, really well and having, you know, and, and everything's cool, you just watch a little bit of, you know, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock TV and then you sleep like a baby until, you know, 7.30 a.m., there may not be a whole lot you have to change. You may be one of the ones who's like, you know, on, on the path. But um, a great place to look for the answer to that is, you know, what wakes you up or what keeps you up? What is it? You know, what's the thing that in your heart of hearts you wake up that is that is messing with your mind or presenting itself um, that's a good place to to start and to question and to, to look mm. at love it 
So, you know, Eric, I think that I can spend a lot more time talking to you, and I'm sure the <laughs> likewise could have a, a lot more. They 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 could they could spend a lot more time listening to you as well. But I do want them to get one more time how they can get in contact with you, so they can have a, a maybe a deeper, or more personalized conversation with you. Yeah, well, I, look, man, I appreciate that, and right back at you. I feel like we could do this for hours, um, which I know is not, you know, like I mean, I know some podcasters could go three hours <laughs> in a row, but uh, it, you know, I don't know if the lizards could take it. But uh, thanks for everything. Yeah, and like I said, anyone who wants to, you know, who's interested in talking to me about, you know, whatever business situation they're in, and it, you know, it's funny we talk about niche, right? Um, and that's sort of the, like the thing we focus on, but I mean. Some of the best work I've done has not even, sometimes people come in, it's like, we need to talk about my business. Okay. Then we get under the hood and it's not about their business. It's about, you know, completely different personal stuff and, and we can do great work there too. So that's like funny about niche too, where it's like, it's, it's often the way we open the door, but a lot of times it's not necessarily what we wind up doing, which I think is interesting. Mm. But like I said, um, anyone who wants to get in touch with me, they can find me on the internet, ericgoris.com. Uh, E-R-I-C-G-O-E-R-E-S.com. And I, I encourage you, book book an hour. Go on my little Calendly and find an hour and throw it on my schedule. And I'll meet you there. And we can you know talk about whatever you want to talk about. I will say this. For a free hour, we can get a lot done in, in one hour that you'll feel good about it and you don't ever have to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think what's, what I find in the, the short time that we've been talking is that the clients, when they do come to work with you, they get a, a high level of empathy. They mm-hmm. get, you know, someone who has an, 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 an awareness of seeing that in the midst of where you find yourself in, there's still opportunity, right? You can still find opportunity. Oh, yes. A lot of times when you, when you're in the midst, when you're underneath the pile of paperwork or problems or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe even their, their own, perspective right mm-hmm. you're able to, to pull them out of that so i appreciate you giving giving people that level of your niche because your niche is that right bringing people yeah. back to entrepreneurs back to equilibrium which uh involves a whole lot of stuff and um and and i i deeply admire how you tease out the distinction between yes you're going through a business problem and this is no knock against the psychology arena. I think that's important too when it has to do with like cathartic, uh, you know, or even having somebody to help you to reframe your narrative. But they're not going to give you next step business approach, right? Like they're not going to give you, all right, this is where you are specifically. That's where you need someone like you, yeah. right? Someone like you to help pull them out of that situation and say, look, we can make it. I've been there already. This is how you get out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, that's great. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I definitely appreciate that distinction. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. You know, it's a different it's a different way of looking at things. There's it's funny we often or often they say that like, you know, a therapist is sort of like to get someone from dysfunctional to functional and then like a coach is mm. to get them from functional to like super functional or whatever, you know. Mm. Um and you're right. There's a no knock to therapy. There's definitely a place for that because these are same way you go to the, you know, the therapists psychology this is this is deep heavy work that i've got a tremendous amount of respect for and for the people that it is right for it is right for them no doubt but it's it's not a place to say you know ah, i can't make payroll <laughs> you know that's right that's someone right. that's a different conversation this you know psychiatrist is not prepared to have that conversation so 
Yeah, yeah, cool yeah. No, you, you're, def- you're, you're definitely the guy that's jumping down into the ravine with an extra set of uh, of, uh, yeah. of climbing rope and gear. And you're like, look, we're going to get out of here together. We're going to do this in tandem. So <laughs> shoulder <laughs> you're, to you're, shoulder. You're that guy. <laughs> shoulder yeah. to shoulder. Yep. And so for the niche product community, um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can always reach us on dreamoctane.org. That's dreamoctane.org. And, and you know, our motto is... And mantra has always been that if innovative change is the engine, your unique dream and ability could be its fuel. Thank you for tuning in today. And we look forward to having the next guest on our program where they can help you on your journey towards success. Thanks again.